everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Glad we missed that bit. Yeah, it's disgusting. I'm so it's not a great start, is it? And I've let myself sink into like a pit of disgustingness because I like haven't seen James in 17 years. So I've just allowed <laughs> it to happen. Walking <laughs> in cars, hocking up Glen. Um, okay, so hello everybody, welcome to Friday's Live. Is this the end of week one or the end of week two? Two. Shut up. Stop. I feel like it goes faster and faster every round. Life is just whizzing by, you know what they say. Time flies when you're having fun. It's so true. Um, Because at the start of the EC method, when we were getting this all together, it was work. And now it's like, oh, actually, this is really enjoyable. Yeah. But I need to put up the new workouts. Um, Okay. So, Emma, do you have any admin or should we jump straight into the questions? No admin. Okay. Let's go to the questions you keep an eye on the live. I'm not going to keep asking you. Just interrupt me when we have them. Okay. Okay. Oh, actually, no. Decided to work from the bottom up, didn't we? Okay, Teresa. Hi, lovelies. Excited. Excited to be able to listen to the live while getting my steps in this morning. Good morning, Teresa. See, I like going from the bottom up. Um. I am loving this journey. The scales haven't moved. Sorry, oh, there's more loading. Uh, the scales haven't moved. They are rather basic, though. That's a, probably a good thing, Teresa. Um, I'll keep skipping. Sorry. Uh, they are rather basic, though. But I'm not worried, as I can definitely see a transformation in my body already. I'm making all the non-negotiables. I'm working really hard in the gym. I just want to say thanks for having me. Oh, good oh I just love like nothing makes me happier than polite people I know you should see Emma Uh, I just (laughs) oh it's it's my favorite thing you handle non-polite people with an extraordinary amount of politeness I find it thrilling to be over polite to people that are rude I know you do one of my favorite pastimes Anyone listening or anyone who's ever sent Emma a rude email, rest assured she has screen grabbed it and sent it to me. And when she does that, I'm like, you are, I mean, I don't know how I would literally go back and be like, all right, listen, bitch, this is, this is the realness of the situation. And it's like, oh my God, like so placatory. I don't know how you do it. But that's customer service, right? Kill them with kindness. And then you do it so much that actually they feel so embarrassed or like anyone with any... I mean, I guess some people don't feel embarrassed, but if I'm ever rude to someone, rarely. Actually, this happened with my PT hub. I felt like I was a little bit snappy and rude. And then I was like, I feel so, like, so embarrassed. Guilty. So polite when, you know. I don't feel embarrassed. I feel guilty. I'm like, oh my God. I just, like, why did I do that to that person? Like, it's awful, but that's good. I mean, it's good. Check check yourself before you wreck yourself. I wreck myself, then check myself. I've got it the wrong way around. Damn it. I knew it was one of two ways. (laughs) Shit. 
Okay. Excuse me. (laughs) Just woke up in time for the live. This never happens. Just woke up. It's 10 past seven. Sorry, it's (laughs) seven minutes past 10. (laughs) Now he's got it the wrong way around. I'm really jealous. Um, anyways, this never happens so glad to be able to watch the live for a change enjoying the process so far and the scales up to now seem to be trending down which is I'm so thankful for thank you you're so welcome and also I feel bad for shaming you about sleeping in because it actually might be a different time zone we don't but know also, even if it's not I really encourage everyone like if you can get a lion once a week twice a week do it like do, I, and it's, I think it's re- almost impossible with, with kids young kids but it's so good for you you'll soon see yeah right but Um, maybe you can nap at nap time you know because you won't have anything else to do (laughs) it's like whenever you tell parents yeah just nap at nap time it's like right but I actually have to like clean the house have a life eat myself go for a shower like you know live my parents don't understand that I actually work they have no like they're like why don't you come do this because they think I'm not in an office I'm like it's 4 p.m. on a Wednesday. Like, what do you think I'm doing? And like, I'm actually excited for maternity leave so that I have more free time to do more work. I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. Or awful. This is you, Emma. Before I you like, strict, I will have one full day off a week. And I'm like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I just don't even know. I'm sorry. No. Okay. Anything else? No, we're it. We're it. We're good. <laughs> we are. I what words are coming out of my mouth today. <laughs> Debbie Rosenthal, I really enjoyed saying your name, Debbie. Hi, team. I know there was a lot of debate on a previous vibe about green V purple, my PT hub, but I really like this purple one. Is there any way to retrospectively add habits, though? I did add them when I was setting up the app, but I would like to use it as a habit tracker if possible. Emma, that's probably one for you. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I'll ask I'll ask my PC hub about it. But the good news is, well, the bad news for Chloe and I is my PT Hub Classic died the other day. It's and gone. it's gone. Emma, you should have seen the message <laughs> I sent you, which I then deleted and never sent you, which was just like, I mean, an absolute shit show of panic and questions. But by the time I'd gotten through the end of the, I mean, it was one of those like read more scroll ones. By the time I'd gotten through it, I'd figured it all out. So it really was just a case of me being like unbelievably. It is like once you get used to it, it's it's fine. It's just like not that intuitive. I don't love it that like the the clients are now called contacts. Like that was yeah. one of the first things I asked you. And I didn't love it that I couldn't find the client groups like in contacts. With you have to go to groups. You have to go to groups. And then I couldn't find client groups I had to scroll through all the groups which took me a while to figure out and then I wanted to say to them and someone who's a bit linear mental why would you call them contacts when they're standalone contacts and then when they're in a group call them clients as in client group I was like it should have been contact group like that doesn't even make any sense there's just no consistency and It's like five different people built the website and didn't didn't confer or confer confer at any point. But you know what I did? You know what I'm being really. I mean, ignorant. Not ignorant. That's the wrong word. Lazy is also the wrong word. Closed minded because I did figure it out very quickly. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're gonna fully embrace it. We're gonna get to know it, and it's gonna be great. Yeah, but guys, look. If you're suffering, so are we. So <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, also, do you know what I will say for my PC hub? So, so on it. And maybe because we're VIPs now, but. You, if, they're not with me. I need all <laughs> contacts. If you, um, if you have something that you don't think is working well or that you can't figure out, they will like, they will reply and yeah. screen, you know, they're so good at replying. And also there's a lot of things from the back end where Chloe and I have been like, we need to change this, this and this because it can't work. And they're like, okay, we're going to do it. So they do, they are good at taking on feedback. They are, but they are good. They're better with you, but they are still good with me. Okay. Jill Williams. Jilliams. Jilliams, please. Jilliams, that's your name. Hi, Clemma. I'm on round two and I've been doing the home body weighted workouts. Last round I did three a week and this round I'm going to do four a week, adding a full body. Mm. I'm still finding the workouts really difficult and I'm wondering if that's normal. I can't do a full press up. I'm still struggling with tricep dips and I'm struggling with mountain climbers. I'm just worried that I'm not progressing. The first few workouts made me feel nauseous and I don't feel that anymore. So there's some progress. Thank you. Yeah, so that is progress. Um, that basically shows that your fundamental foundational fitness levels have improved. Um, what I would suggest you do, Jill, is that you, the home the home weighted workouts are different from home body weight workouts and they are funnily enough less difficult because using body weight what we would call functional training which brad schoenfeld did a really funny post on last night which i reposted but what it, did it say <laughs> like what the fuck is functional training shut the fuck up all yeah. training is functional training um but basically it's just a silly kind of term it, it's just a way to categorize it home body weight is difficult because you really <clears throat> straddle that line between fitness and uh strength balance core stability is difficult and, it, and it's really hard we would rather that you were doing weighted workouts because if kind of physique is your goal is and how you look at the end of it, how your body looks, you're going to get more bang for your buck. And I'll be totally honest with you. Most people find them less difficult. Now that's not to say that you're going to find every exercise easy. Cause obviously that would, that would make me a bad coach, to be honest. Um, full press-ups are really, really hard. It is a skill. And the, the more body weight you have to lose, the harder they are because the more weight you're pushing up, it's still your body weight against gravity. It's still a weighted exercise. Okay. So the more weight you have to lose. So in the beginning, that's when it's going to be the hardest. It's also a very technical movement and it's really hard, um, before you're used to it and before you understand kind of uh, the technicality of it it's really hard to get your body all aligned to perform it well like it is with when you learn first learn a back squat it's like ah there's so much going on and it really just takes time and practice if you are struggling and I do say this on the exercise notes come onto your knees because what that's going to do is it's going to give you more stability in the push. It's going to take the technique of your lower body away from it. And really all you need to focus is your upper body and your core. And that's it. Um, so it is about practice making perfect. Um, same with tricep dips. You know, tricep dips are a, a compound in the way that I've programmed them. Not, not there are other ways of doing them, but they are a compound movement. They're difficult to do. Um, 
And instead of, for example, putting your feet out straight in front of you and crossing your ankles, bring your knees in at a 90 degree angle and just get used to that movement. And like I say, it takes the technique that your lower body needs to stabilize you away. And instead you're stable on your feet and you can really focus on, on the, the uh, um, eccentric and concentric, um, which is the, the lowering and then the, then the pushing uh, movement of the tricep dip. So break it down and make it easier for yourself. Mountain climbers are hard because they're mountain climbers. No one finds mountain climbers easy. I don't care how fit you are, like they're hard. Um, and all of these things is, is practice makes perfect. Now, what I would recommend you do, and this is what I see a lot of people doing when they train at home without a professional with them, especially when they're doing home workouts and they're used to doing something like, for example, the body coach or a Courtney Black or whatever. They really like power, power through, through, through. It's like, no, 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 no. This is, that's not, if you're struggling and if it's a, if it's a home weighted workout, it's not how many burpees can you do in 10 seconds? It's not like that. Break, stop, slow down, break down every single rep, break down the form, take your time with it. There's no reason why you should be smashing through it at the rate of knots. And do, do the push-ups and really try and do them on your knees to make it easier and really try and feel what you should be doing until you move on to the next exercise. Like I say, come up onto your feet for tricep dips. Don't cross your ankles in front of yourself. Feel what your body should be doing. Take it rep by rep. Mountain climbers, it's basically high knees on your hands. That's all it is. Um, and they're hard. So yeah, that's what I would say. Slow it down, chill it out and figure it out as you go and practice makes perfect. Ooh, that was a lot of talking. Ooh, that was a lot. Wow, great answer. I won't really add anything apart from it's always meant to be hard. Mm. Like that's the whole point is that you're putting your body, you're pushing your body beyond a point at which it's comfortable. So it's going to be hard. And that's how, that's the stimulus to adapt so your body's like the next time i'm under this stress because exercise is a stress i will be better able to deal with it that's how you build fitness so i said like certainly don't be disheartened that it's hard like it's meant to be that's actually a good thing that means it's working if you're like oh this is really easy it's probably not doing that much for you so try and lean into that and like reframe the way that you're thinking about it and you will build fitness and it it will get easier to do a given say like five tricep dips or something like a given amount of work that will get easier but what you're looking for is to always be pushing yourself anyway so when five gets easy then you want to be doing eight or ten or whatever so you're always going to be pushing yourself okay katie morning made my first live albeit juggling conference calls happy friday ladies i have a question if my goal is fat loss and to look better e.g tighter leaner and less wobble is it truly best to only do four weights plus pure steps or is there a place for peloton slash runs i love the feeling of running in peloton i do 20 to 30 minutes three times a week but i don't want to be i don't want it to be detrimental to my goal I hope that makes sense so it's certainly not like it's not detrimental to your goal it's just you don't have to do it and i think it can trip you up if you're doing I mean, that might be fine. If you're doing four weighted workouts, you're getting your steps in and then you're doing, um, I don't think it says how many. Um, yeah, three. You're doing three 30-minute Peloton sessions a week. That's probably fine. What some people do find is if they push the cardio too much, their hunger levels ramp up so that actually fat loss 
is the goal but they're eating they're, they're finding their diet so hard and making it really hard to stick to a deficit and as we know most people overestimate the energy expenditure that comes from a 30 minute cycle and the increased hunger may far outweigh the benefit of the burned calories during that cycle this is quite hard to definitively say because everyone responds slightly differently some people don't respond with like an extreme of elevated hunger and some people really do so it's very dependent and i would i would the only way that you'll figure out if it's going to work for you is to try it and see how you feel it's not of a concern like i think the amount that you're doing we wouldn't be like that is a ridiculous amount but if you then turned around and you're like i'm really struggling to stick to my calories now maybe that would be something we we would need to consider and adapt but yeah if your goal is fat loss you need to be in a deficit the exercise will contribute to that but just be aware that it's not as simple as we'll just look at one side of the equation like you change one side of the energy balance equation and you often have a reaction on the other side you reduce your food intake and then hunger goes up or you increase your expenditure and then hunger goes up so they like both sides are dynamic and they act together so if you're looking at one thing in isolation like you might be like i'll just reduce my food intake right well if you're not looking at energy expenditure you might have also reduced your energy expenditure which means you're not in the same deficit that you were trying to create. So that's that's why we're always quite aware of that. And then Katie has a second question, which I will give to you, Chloe. Uh, Katie, second question. Um, to really get transformation, lean and muscle looking, must you lift heavy? Um, no. I'm, I'm sensing from Katie, it is Katie, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sensing from Katie like a... A, a, a very a, like fair totally fair so this is not a detrimental comment at all a, a real questioning of do I really am I really gonna get an amazing shape if I cut out my runs that feel amazing and I know that feeling where you go for a run or you have a really hard cardio session or gym class and you're like I'm getting in really good shape right now because it's hard and you're pushing yourself and you go to you go into you go into a sympathetic state and it's it feels great and you can really almost envision your body changing as you do it, like your fat burning and all this stuff. And that's, that's great. You know, these are great feelings. Um, and I'm all for cardio and Emma and I say this all the time, you know, we're all for cardiovascular fitness and trait cardiovascular training, but it's not pivotal to get in shape. Um, so just that first thing and everything Emma said, but that's all I just wanted to add. And the second thing is again, with this question, no, um, you, Optimal muscle hypertrophy occurs with adequate volume over time. So <clears throat> what that means is, is that yes, so yes, it's important that you lift heavy enough or you do kind of um, a chosen exercise where you can reach failure or just shy of failure um, in a hypertrophy sets and reps range. And a hypertrophic sets and reps range would be anywhere between five to 30 reps before you hit technical failure, meaning you can't, you physically cannot do one more rep while maintaining great form. Um, and that is optimal. That's what you want to aim for with muscle hypertrophy. So five to 30 reps hitting failure. You physically can't do one more rep with great form. And that's optimal. Um, now the weight that you lift does play into that and does factor into that because we want you to hit failure. So I know that I could do 30 bodyweight squats and I wouldn't hit failure uh, that, and that's, that's fine. Um, which means that it wouldn't be a, an adequate uh, training range for me for, for, for growth. Um, 
so it's it's a lot less about how heavy you lift although that does factor in and it's a lot more about your volume now the secondary consideration to that is who wants to be doing 30 weighted back squats at the gym like even if you are hitting failure at like 25 like no one wants to do that it's really like hard on the body it's intense and it's hard on the mind as well <laughs> incredibly hard on the mind so really i would say for those big difficult compound lifts like your deadlifts and your squats probably going to enjoy it more um and actually also get stronger which is still something to think about and probably get stronger if you stay in like an an eight ish rep range eight to ten for example and then we talk about shoulders for example it's pretty easy to do 20 lat raises and not be like oh my god i want to die so yeah fine you want to do 10 to 20 rep range fine um but those are all the considerations and again katie i totally get your line of questioning and i i have so been where you are you're like really because when i lift really heavy then I really feel like I'm growing the muscle. Like it really feels like I can, I can, I can kind of, like I said, with the cardio and the fat loss, I can envision my muscle going. And again, fucking fantastic. This is why training's fun. This is why people love it. You know, whether the goal is to get leaner or get bigger or get fitter or run further, you can really kind of psych yourself up. And that's a huge part of why people love training. Um, and so I really encourage you to keep going with that way of thinking, because I think you'll train harder, you'll train better and you'll get the results quicker. I honestly do believe that. I think psychology, when you train, has a huge role to play in your results. I, I'm, I would be willing to bet my fucking life on it. Um, so I like your way of thinking, but those are the facts. So, you know, if you're if you're lackluster energy, one cardio session, and you go get it done anyway, you're still doing a great job for your body. So don't overthink it. Yeah, I think re-lifting heavy like you can do it many ways, right? You can build muscle lifting three reps or you can build muscle lifting closer to 30 reps. But the reason that we have this like quote unquote hypertrophy rep range is it's the easiest rep range to create the most volume. Like sort of eight to 12 reps is usually the place where most people will be able to have a combination of enough reps, but also enough weight. And you're reducing risk of injury as well. Because if you're lifting like three rep max, you're really pushing your body to a place where your form can go as well. So that might be something to consider. Yeah. And when, but also when you lower volume to that degree, you're not, you, you could be, doing you're not necessarily lowering, lowering volume. That's the point is that you're lowering reps, but if you're lifting heavier, you're but not. Yeah, lowering that's, volume. True. that's true. But at the same time, you, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, you, I wouldn't be doing like three sets of a lat raises as heavy as you can go if I no absolutely not but in theory like yeah. you could <laughs> okay moo boo morning moo peer uh, my back went last weekend and I'm really limited in what I can do I'm waiting to see a physio should I drop my calories I'm on 1800 on average Chloe challenged me to 80,000 steps a week which I can do but worried I'm not burning enough as nothing is happening on the scales how long has nothing been happening on the scales would be the first question. Um, I think if you're still getting your steps in, absolutely no need to lower your calories. Unless you're like, I'm finding 1800 really, really easy and I'm not hungry and I could probably eat less and it wouldn't impact me, in which case move down to like 1600 and you'll see faster fat loss. But that's always kind of the consideration when anyone asks a question like this, like, can I, like should I lower my calories? Fat loss is my goal. 
or like most of the time no but if you're like actually I'm finding it pretty easy then yeah you probably can but again this depends if you're already on low calories then I would suggest no but if you're on like 1800 yeah you probably could go to 1600 and get slightly faster fat loss the caveat being that when a lot of people do that they do end up feeling restricted or they do end up having higher levels of hunger which makes it harder to be consistent and adherent and actually you're going to get better results being consistent on 1800 than you are on 1600 and then blowing it on the weekend or every couple of days because you feel over restricted yeah I, I also think Moob we talked a couple of days ago we're 11 days in and you know I upped your steps to help you get the ball rolling a bit quicker I think you just need to sit and be patient for a minute Although I do agree with Emma, if you're, you know, finding 1800 a piece of cake, then maybe consider dropping down a little bit and moving it faster, but I, you don't need to. Yeah. Um, Paula, could you explain what a compound move is, please? Compound means various areas of your body and muscle groups in your body are working all at the same time. So in a squat, you would, you talk about your, your quads, your glutes, your adductors, your core is in like both your abdominals and your back. Um, it's all working at the same time to help you perform the movement. Whereas if you were doing a preacher curl, for example, that would be that's an isolated movement. So that's just your biceps. Okay. Um, hi, Emma and Chloe. This is my first round and loving it so far. Sorry for the long one. Would you mind discussing your main tips re body image? I have always hated my legs and in the past this has stopped me from attending social events, particularly in the summer. I wish I could just have them out without feeling self-conscious or to go a day without thinking about them. Um, they have reduced me to tears on many occasions. My body fat constantly, oh, sorry, <laughs> my boyfriend, <laughs> it says BF, right? So I yeah, think it's yeah, body yeah. fat. <laughs> my boyfriend constantly tells me he loves me sorry he loves them and always compliments them oh he sounds lovely but I think this the thought is so ingrained that no amount of compliments will ever help I am a healthy weight and I currently have a hypertrophy goal when I was at my leanest I disliked them just as much so I know that it's nothing to do with the amount of body fat I have I've recently done some journaling and I have identified things in the past that likely put these thoughts in motion so I guess this is a start I have also started to try and focus on what my legs can do rather than how they look, but it feels very forced at the moment. I feel so guilty for having these thoughts, particularly as I work in with stroke patients every day. Many of them can't stand or walk, so it makes me feel super, it makes me feel very superficial and ungrateful. Thank you, ladies. Um, Emma, do you want to go first? Yes. Um, I mean, I think you're doing all the right things. I'm not surprised that it feels superficial initially. I think that a lot of like gratitude practices, which essentially this is like, I'm grateful for the things my body can do, even though I don't love every single part of it, I still appreciate every single part of it. Um, that can be forced to start with, but it becomes more and more natural. And sometimes you have to force things to start. Like if you're, let's say you're just quite a negative person, then you'll have to force gratitude for a period of time. And over time, it becomes really natural like you just start like if you start forcing yourself to look for positives then after a period of time you just start seeing them that's like the first thing you see so persevere with that and keep the journaling and keep going with that 
I think that we have created probably in the fitness industry and more like the love yourself at every size sort of self-love world that like we should love every element of ourselves and I think that's not realistic in the slightest I hate hearing that it stopped you doing things and I think that that's something that journaling will help with because one of the things that really helps with is writing down your thoughts writing down like is it true and like is it in line with my values is it how I want to live essentially and when you write that down you're like I'm not going to spend time with people that I love and create experiences because I'm worried about how my legs look mm-hmm. then you kind of realize okay that's not that's not in line with who I want to be that's not in line with how I want to live my life and I'm not saying it then becomes easy to do the action I'm not saying that then you'll turn up and be like well I have no thoughts about my legs whatsoever but over time pushing yourself to do those things will become easier and easier and that's <laughs> like that's kind of the the benefit of writing these things down is that you you have to face it then like you have to face actually some of the excuses that we give ourselves aren't legitimate and you get to choose whether you want to be like yeah I'm going to accept that choice of of, I'm not going to go because I'm worried about the calories in the food or I'm worried about how my legs will look or you can be like that's not a good enough excuse for me not to do this and like this is like I use this a lot with things that push me outside my comfort zone a little bit like I might be like I've been invited to talk at something and I'm like oh I don't know if I want to do it and if I write through why I don't want to do it, and one of the reasons is like, I don't feel I'm confident enough. That's not an excuse that I'm willing to accept for myself. So it comes back to like the standards that you hold yourself based on your values. Like, am I willing to avoid social occasions where I get to see my family, given that family is one of my highest values because of the because I don't like the way that my legs look? No. Then that kind of like puts it puts you in a, a headspace to just be like well I'm, I'm not going to act in that way yeah I agree with everything Emma said and I I also think the problem here this is oh god I've just had a whole rant about this yesterday and now I'm like I'm basically a broken record um I think that the self-love community have so much to answer for in terms of what they're preaching to women how they're preaching to women that they should be viewing their body, which is completely unrealistic and in many, many, many cases unhealthy. Um, And the irony is, is that they're trying so hard to be more realistic and more healthy. And it's just because of the pendulum swing and the extremity with which they've gone to with this messaging. I personally think they're doing more harm than good and they're doing more damage. Whereas actually, you know, what happened to treating women, you know, with, respect for their intelligence, realism and pragmatism, you know, all these things seem to have gone out the window in favor of kind of flag waving and I mean, feminist, I'm just going to say it like nonsense um, because it sounds good on social media. So yeah, it's virtue signal, isn't it? It's like, love your body in every single way. Everyone's going to like, like that post, aren't they? But realistically, It's not realistic at all. And it makes women feel worse about the fact that they don't love their bodies while also ditching the behaviors that they were trying to set in motion to feel happier and healthier, both phys- both internally and externally, uh, physiologically. Uh, so um, number one, and this is, <laughs> I promise there's a reason why I started like that. Accept that you likely, if, if, if it is this deep seated and it sounds like it is, never going to quote unquote love your legs 
you're never going to look down at them and be like, oh my God, this is my favorite body part. Tonight when I go out clubbing, I am going to wear the most teeny tiny Kylie Minogue-esque silver hot pant lycra shorts I can find. It would be so brilliant if that was going to happen, but it probably wouldn't. Um, unless you were like an extreme extrovert and this is how you tackled it. And again, I think there are extreme extroverts who tackle things like that. But if you're not one of them, you're not one of them. So first of all, I think it feels so difficult right now and it's feeling so overwhelming and oppressive for you and you're ending up in tears about it because it's so fucking unrealistic that you're going to swing from where you are now to the to the tiny, teeny butt pant like resorts in Ibiza. And when it when the mountain is that steep and that high, of course, you feel like a failure just looking at it being where you are now. And the whole thing becomes overwhelming and, and shit. Um, so I think, why don't we just bring the pendulum back to reality and be like, OK, so I might never love them. Um, I agree with Emma. I think you're doing the right things initially to get you to the point where we can get to this nice middle ground of realism. You say, OK, I, I, I appreciate what they can do. I'm on the EC method. So, and again, like we say, physique goals, like saying I'm uncomfortable with my legs, what can I do to change them? They're valid because they matter for your mental health. Um, I'm on the EC method. I really want to appreciate what they can do and start to slowly, slowly make, <clears throat> make tiny steps towards that realistic goal of, I'm gonna be comfortable wearing whatever it is, tight jeans or, you know, slightly slighter, uh, slightly shorter shorts, whatever it is, slightly shorter dress, whatever it is, nothing crazy. I'm going to work towards it and I'm going to slowly get there bit by bit. And every single time that I feel like I hate my legs, I'm going to tell myself one thing, one thing I like about them. You know, do you have really smooth skin? You know, are you one of those lucky girls <clears throat> that doesn't have to shave every day? Because I know half my friends have to shave their legs every fucking day you know is it that you just did um the fastest 5k you ever did last week is it that you hit a pb in the gym just one thing and slowly slowly start to tackle every negative thought you have with a genuine positive um and and expect and aim for not this massive swing of like i love my fucking legs they're my favorite quality about myself don't aim for that because it, it where you are now it's just not even a realistic possibility aim for, I'm going to be so comfortable with my legs that I don't think about them every single day. That's the goal right now, to get you to a point where you're so comfortable in your own body, that you don't overanalyze and overcriticize it every day, which is so bad for you. It's so bad for your self-worth. Um, instead of, you know, this like, shit, I just want to love them and I can't. Um, you know, there's parts of my body, and I'm sure Emma will say the same, that we don't love, but we don't think about them every day because we worked on it. And we got to a place of just, like I say, you don't have to be passionately in love with them, but you have to be almost indifferent. Like that indifference is the sweet well, spot. It's, it's called body neutrality, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a know, much more realistic thing than like self body love of every single aspect. Yeah. And, and, and at a base level, it's indifference. It's I'm neither here nor that. It is what it is. Like I accept it. It is. And, and you know, when you go through a breakup, and in the beginning, you're like absolutely flawed and you're, you cry every day and you, if you're like me, you just like drink yourself to sleep at 7 p.m. every night because you can't handle it. And then you go through like a period of anger and you're like angry with your ex, angry with yourself for letting it. And then you get to the point where you're just like, eh. and it's like, oh my God, I can finally breathe again. 
that's where we want to get to whereas you know again using the relationship analogy getting to the point where like yeah but in a year we're going to get back together and get married it's like probably not you should know so yeah that would be my thoughts on it I think that's quite a good analogy actually like initially you even hear their name and your heart starts you're like sweating and then at some point you're just like oh they're they're in the same restaurant oh well like I hope they're well I mean, I, I still am not at that point. If any of them, <laughs> I would say that, yeah, that would totally be me. I have turned to James Bond and been like, we have to leave. I think my ex might be maybe over there. And he's like, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing that. Like, we've been married for how many? <laughs> right, okay. Um, uh, let me just... Kerry's saying, I can't stop thinking about the idea Chloe talked about the other day. Imagine if no one in the world commented on anyone's appearance, negatively or positively. I wonder who passed the first remark on how someone else looked. Bitchy cave people. <laughs> yeah. Probably be me. But like, oh my God, I love your shorts. <laughs> like, oh, you ruined it. Okay. <laughs> Sharon Savage. Savage! <laughs> Everybody stop. Savage was on the first round. She's back. We She's don't. Back. We don't ever. We don't ever ask a question from Savage without going Savage. <laughs> <laughs> right. Morning, Chloe and Emma. So I've weighed myself every day. Last Friday, it was at my lowest and was two pounds under my starting weight. But for the past week, I'm back to where I started. I started on uh, nine stone ten, and I'm the same today. I have two upper body, two lower body, two full body a week. And four lift hit workouts too. That's a lot. Steps are 16,000 today on average. Fluid intake is three liters, protein 120 grams. And I never go with my 1600 calories. I took this photo this morning. Oh, sorry. I took photos this morning and I do not look any different. In fact, worse than I did. I'm five foot one. Sorry, I'm 51. <laughs> I'm five foot two menopausal although I did have a hysterectomy when I was 33 so no period since I feel like I am doing everything above and beyond without any difference what can I do thanks my lovelies you don't need to do anything it's just a bit of patience like you you are you can't just lose two pounds and then continue doing the same thing like the likelihood is you experience quite large weight fluctuations Mm -hmm. nothing you need to do about this do you know what worried me yesterday I got a dm from someone who was like hey just wondering if you would recommend this for hormonal weight fluctuations diuretic no I wouldn't recommend diuretic like it's normal it's meant to happen it's like saying I know it's like being like well when I drink water how do I get rid of it like you your body does it like you don't you're not meant to it's part of the reason that you're drinking water is to in in like take in the water so I, I think, Sharon, that you don't need to change anything. It sounds like, if anything, I think you're doing too much. Like actually six workouts a week plus four HIIT training sessions and 16,000 mm. calories a day. Sorry, 16,000 steps a day on 16,000 calories a day. 100. Whatever, 100. You <laughs> that do that every time. <laughs> then that's, that's a lot. I completely agree with Emma. One, you don't need to do anything. Be patient. Um, and you can have hormonal fluctuations and, you know, still not be premenstrual. So bear that in mind. Um, I complete, we're 11 days in. In an 11 day from start to now, you've seen two LBs drop on the scale. So let's see what happens when we are 21 days in. I reckon that two LBs loss you've seen on the scale in the last 11 days 
will be either three or double. So you don't need to do anything. You need to be patient. I also completely agree with Emma. I'm not surprised that the scales are fluctuating up with that amount of activity. That is a high inflammation, low rate of recovery in the body. And that will see your cortisol spiking, which will see the, the whales spiking up as a result of water retention. She said, what, six workouts a week, four hit a week and 16,000 steps a day. You need to reduce your workouts that you're doing down to four to five, I would say, is your number one, and reduce your hit down to one to two and start and do that. Steps, fine, leave them at 16,000. Like, you know, they might drop off anyway, just with a slight reduction in activity. Um, and really focus on, on sleep and your, and your nutrition. And I actually think you'll probably see them drop. I would also recommend before you do that, if you've been doing that for the last 11 days or week and a half, I would also recommend taking one to two full rest days before you then implement a five, five weightlifting or five training max, two hit max per week bracket. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard to get your head around that, but and the only way you can do it is live it. Like I remember being in this headspace, I used to train six days a week and on four of those I do double sessions and then I changed like basically I changed where I was working and it was just wasn't possible and I thought oh this is going to have a huge impact on my physique I looked exactly the same mm -hmm. doing less than half the amount of workouts like it really you're spinning your wheels like once you've like the, the way to think about it is kind of like muscle protein synthesis, partly because it is part of the explanation here. But if you eat, say, 25 grams of protein, you basically, for most people, maybe 30 if you've done a workout, you've maximally stimulated muscle protein synthesis. So having more isn't more beneficial. It's like when you press the button at the traffic lights. If you keep pressing it, nothing happens, right? You've already maximally stimulated that button and now you have to wait for the lights to change. The same is true with exercise. Once you've maximally stimulated the response that you can recover from, the more you do, you don't get any benefit from that. You will plateau. And then at some point, you'll actually start getting negative side effects. So that's overtraining. So you kind of reach this point of like, yes, more and more is better and better to a point. And then you start to plateau where you're doing more exercise, but you're not recovering from it. So you're not adapting to it. And then at yeah. some point that comes down again because you're overtraining. So bear that in mind, like more is not better when it comes to exercise. Yeah. And, and also, you know, we were talking earlier about volume and load, you know, I don't know, Savage, we, we did have, <laughs> we did have a chat, uh, a couple of chats, actually one privately and one on the group before you got going, uh, you know, if memory serves, your training has remained pretty good throughout, but also like if you're jumping up to that kind of volume that quickly that is a lot for your body to handle and it's and you're not going to be able to sustain that for very long that's that kind of volume that's like athlete level and that takes years to train your way up to and only really is maintainable for short short cycles before you then taper and I will bear that in mind for all of you who someone did a good post was it Alice what's her name Alice, is that her name because I keep going to say Levine, like the guy from Maroon 5. No, it's not Levine, but I, I never know if it's living or living. I think it's living. Okay. So she actually did a good post on like exercise addiction yesterday, I think. Um, it just popped up on my feed, so I gave it a read. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll read this. And I was like, it's a good point, actually. 
it's indicative if you're doing that much that they're yeah a we need to pull back and you need to assess that <laughs> yeah I mean sometimes it's not addiction though or like like to the extent that she's talking about it's sometimes being driven and I remember like Emma like in the beginning I was the same it was like I mean I really for years I really pushed it and I loved it and again I'm not bashing it I loved it I'm not one of those women who looks back and is like oh my god I was so damaged like I knew what I was doing at the time I fucking loved it I did it I look back and I'm like wow I don't know how the fuck I did that but I loved it at the time so it's fine it didn't didn't damage me at all um but I guess I think, I think the point is that. a lot of people get sucked into this like in this situation of thinking that they will get better results from doing more yeah as opposed to like I'm using exercise as a crux and instead of like overeating I over exercise or yeah when I'm stressed I exercise when I'm tired I exercise and then all like almost like every time you set a barrier of I'm going to train three times a week okay well four is better and now four is your normal so you're like four five is better and then you kind of keep upping this and then at some point you're like crap I'm training eight times a week and I don't really have time to do anything else but that's what I do now and then you're scared to reduce it especially if you're in a position where you're like I'm doing all of this effort and I'm not getting results so there's no way like in most people's logical head there's like there's no way that I could reduce the amount I'm doing and expect more results but sometimes in this situation with exercise that's exactly what happens so give it a go yeah Okay, Georgina, morning. Thanks for all the advice given so far. I'm really struggling with not letting the scales affect my mood and choices daily. I understand the rationale behind it. I'd like to continue to weigh every day. Do you have any strategies with viewing it as data and not something emotional? Um, yeah, I actually think one like underrated tip, which is really simple, is just if you normally weigh yourself in pounds, start weighing yourself in kilograms or vice versa, because there's less emotional attachment. If you're someone who always knows that they like a certain weight or there's just like something about certain numbers, actually swapping that. And I did that after back surgery and it actually really helped me because I knew what I used to weigh in kilograms. And as much as I could have just done the maths in my head, I didn't know exactly what that was in pounds and actually using pounds was just like all I cared about was the direction it wasn't about like oh, I've still got this much to lose or this weight is was when I was rowing or this weight was when I was doing this it was just like yeah it's trending in the right direction I'm just looking at it as data so that that might be something that would help I agree I, I used to do that tactic too although I did it too much and now I'm pretty across all of it but <laughs> I don't have any options. We need a new metric. You know, right? Um, I agree with Emma. I think make it a little bit more alien to you and a little bit less you projecting onto them what you want to see. Um, and, and the second thing I would say is like, if everything we've talked about so far just isn't sinking in and it's still ruining your day, I would say stop weighing in four weeks of the month. Instead, weigh in from the last day of your period for one week take your lowest weight that week and let's do it month by month instead um because ultimately like the thing is we can emma and i can talk and talk and talk and talk until we're blue in the face about the scales and rationalizing them and if after two three weeks or you know i don't know how long you've been listening or who is this who's asking this question georgina yeah georgina is this your birch yeah, I'm like, it totally depends. We've got, I think we've got three Georginas. Um, it, it, <coughs> I think, I think this is your second round. I think I might be wrong. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, but I, I, if it's still not sinking in, 
And then, and then the client is still saying to us, can you help me rationalize the scale? The answer is no. I, and I hate to say that. And I said this to Emma about something else yesterday. I can't remember what it was. But it was like, the answer is like, you know, we, if we do like a full 20 minute chat about it, three, four times in a round, and then we come into the next round and the question still help me rationalize the scales. The, the answer is we can't. Um, and that's when it's really- Or it's even like, the answer is you need to do it. Like you, you need, need to do, do the work. Because you're still, this is the same with like body image things or- reasons that you're overeating like this is why we're so much like do some journaling because it's your head it's your mindset you need to write that down and then you need to write down why that's not true so for example on this you might be like today I weighed you know one pound more and it made me feel like shit okay why did it make you feel like shit oh because I I think that that pound is fat okay mm. why do you think that's fat well actually I know that it's not I know that I haven't overeaten by 3,500 calories I know that it can't be you need to write those things down and work through them and again it's not a quick fix it won't just suddenly be like oh now I've written this down I never have these thoughts anymore but you work through it and over time you think about it less and less and less but you always right like you have to do the work we can only explain it so many times I completely agree. And it's not, this is not, we're not trying to be savage coaching. We're genuinely trying to help you bridge a gap that is not being bridged. And, and, and like Emma said, my answer, we can't, we've done it now. We've done it. We've talked about it from 17 different angles. And we know that we know that reassurance and even repetition is a huge part of our job as coaches. We've been doing it long enough. We understand that there does come a point where it's like, okay, now we pass the baton. We pass it to you. It's your turn. And if you can't do it, yes, the baton. Scales on me. If you still can't do it, we need we need to call it and come up with something else. Um, and I love what Emma said when she correlated that to other things like being able to stick to the diet. Every coach has had this with clients before, and I'm sure a lot of clients have had this with coaches before. It works both ways, where you're like, I, I know what I need to do, and I'm just not doing it. And you go to the coach and you're like, help me. And there will come a point, and I know because I've had it, and clients hate you, where you're just like, I can't. We've been talking about this for five weeks, five check-ins. Like You have to go and do it. And it's the same when you go to therapy, and we talk about that all the time. You go to a therapist and you say, I know you keep saying that when I feel like X, I shouldn't react by doing Y, but I keep doing it. Help. And they're like, we're 10 sessions in. You have to go and implement it. Um, and it's the same for 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 all of you and it look I, I'm not saying it's easy now you know I'm it's fucking hard but it you know tiny steps at a time break it down and once you get that momentum going when you're trying to break a habit like that when people are like oh I'm just doing the same thing again again I know what to do but I'm not doing it it's like yeah well you you have to like there's different ways of doing this but you kind of have to bargain with yourself at the start okay let's not forget about the rest of my life or let's forget about the rest of my life let's just focus on today can I today not snack after dinner don't even worry about tomorrow just focus on that and then once you do that you start to build confidence within yourself and you start to build that momentum and that's what's important so like focus on the next thing that you're the next habit that you're trying to change focus mm. on the next time that's going to happen as opposed to getting overwhelmed with I don't think I could ever do this for the rest of my life don't even worry about it don't even think about that no god no okay right Hazel hi girls I have a creatine question three to five grams dose is three sufficient or is five better I would obviously prefer creatine to last longer but don't want to be don't want it to be detriment to performance 
probably three is fine. So five grams would be for someone, remember that creatine stored in your muscles. So for someone who has a hell of a lot of muscle, Hazel, I don't know if you're massive, but like, for example, three grams for me is probably fine. I say probably because there's no real way of knowing, but the point is three to five grams should saturate your stores. If you take more, then you will have already saturated your stores. So you'll just pee it out. So it's not like, it's not the worst thing in the world, but you won't be getting any more benefit from it. Yeah. Um, and I think three grams is for most women is probably enough. Okay. There is actually, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's like zero point something grams per kilogram body weight. Like there is okay. a there calculation, is but we just try and keep it pretty for the for 99.99% of people, three to five grams is perfect. You don't need to overthink it, but there is a grams per kilogram body weight equation. I'll have a look now. Okay. Holla, lovely ladies. I'm not really here as I'm in a work call, but I want to ask a question. I'm a newbie to the EC method, loving it so far and trying to work out the best way to fit all the workouts into my week. My question is about results. I have a hypertrophy goal and I'm wondering how long is it realistic time frame to expect to see physical results? I'm not new to workouts or lifting, but definitely have upped my weights <laughs> in the past couple of weeks since signing up and joining a gym, but I'm massively impatient and want to see improvements and muscle growth straight away. Don't we all, hun? <laughs> Especially in the glutes. I know that. Don't better. we all, hun? <laughs> well, I mean, come on, like, sorry, I'd like to see results now. Yeah, so would we all. But anyway, I know that's not going to happen. And that's vaguely, and what's vaguely realistic if I'm consistent with training, hitting calories, macros, etc. I mean, it's so hard to accurately answer this this question oh she says press send too soon without saying thanks loving this group the support so far has been epic it's really fab to be part of this little family oh we love having you I love the follow-up and I love it in my head I was like oh god now she's gonna be like and I want to get massive gold shoulders can I do it in the next two weeks and I was gonna be like oh my god (laughs) go on Emma um I mean how long is a piece of string there's so many aspects that come into this also you get people that respond insanely well Mm. to training stimulus and you get people that really don't and (laughs) it's hard for us to say because we don't know how you're going to respond if you're not particularly new to training you're probably going to see get but I mean I say this and then we see completely different things for different people but relatively small results in terms of hypertrophy over an eight-week period like you really need to think about this over a six-month period and I wouldn't I wouldn't just look for changes. I would also go off what you're lifting. So it's really important to be monitoring how much you're lifting. So if you're lifting heavier weights, that's quite a good sign after your initial newbie period that actually you're building muscle. So those would be what I'd be looking at. If you're looking for markers of progress, make sure that you're recording your lifts and then looking back and seeing if you can lift more. I agree. That's the the best way to do it. I remember right in the beginning when I started lifting as a, as a noob and I just honestly for the first like year plus I just looked skinny I just looked really fucking skinny and um I was fine with that at the time because I think I was still getting my head around the idea of gaining muscle mass anyway um or the reality of it um and funnily enough like well first this it's not funny it's normal but the longer that I gave it the more I started to actually see that muscle mass occur and actually it then became like, it then started to happen more and more the deeper and deeper I got into training. 
And so I think sometimes when you say to people, like, oh, you'll gain more as a newbie, da, 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 and they're like, really? Because it took me like X amount of years to start to see my physique change. It's like, you still have to be really patient on that trajectory of one, two, three, four, five years. But also like as your body composition changes, as you start to grow more uh, lean mass muscle and you start to uh, lose more fat mass, you will start to look markedly different. And that is the thing that takes time. Body recomp takes time. Um, and part of the reason why I love training, and I'm sure that Emma is the exact same way, is because it takes time, because it's not instant gratification. It's hard work. And, you know, I... I don't love memes like this because I think there's an element weirdly of body shaming about it, even though I fall into this category. So obviously it kind of appeals to me, but it's like when you do see someone with a fantastic physique, especially if they're unassisted, it is really impressive because it shows that they work hard consistently over time. Um, and that's yeah, the that, that is, that's exactly it. That is what's impressive about it. Yeah. And it's the joy. It's so joyful. If, if you really love training and you know that you're privileged to be able to do it. Like I found it at a time when I really needed it. Like it saved me. It absolutely saved my life. No, no questions about it. Lifting weights, finding it the time that I found it saved my life. I don't even know why I'd be without it now. And that in and of itself, I think you hear privilege and you immediately think like money, Western world, opportunity. No, it was a privilege that that happened to me at that time. And that's what's carried me through all this time. And that's what makes it so fun. I just realized it's 11 and we've got to go. <laughs> yeah we do um sorry to everyone that's commented we will put them on the post and we will get back to them yeah okay bye, bye guys <laughs>